Okay. <laughs> Good morning, John. Good morning. How's it going? I'm um, doing well. Good. Bright and early today. Yeah, it is. Thanks. You're making me get out of bed today. I actually called him up to make sure that he was awake because I think you got one time you and I were doing one, you kind of woke up a little bit later. Yeah, probably. I'm a night owl. It's my job's fault. <laughs> well, we've got a good friend and special guest today, Josh Tybo from Top Flight Archery. How's it going today, Josh? Good. Thank you, Daryl. Thanks good. for having me on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We've we're excited to have been trying to make our schedules work for a while here, and um, you know, yeah. your forte is is not only do an excellent job with your uh, the bow work you do, but your custom strings, and hunting season's coming up. I mean, I know that everyone's gearing up with their get all their bows tuned and everything so it's yeah it's just around the corner um yeah. been busy as normal this time of year um is this your is this your busiest time you think right <clears throat> oh before? yeah july august is always my busiest yeah i'll have some influx um in the the spring for and, and the winter for you know indoor archery and, oh yeah and 3d but yeah. generally it's it's hunting what, what is what drives most of my orders yeah yeah, tell us a little bit about your when you got started and so yeah, I've been building strings for a little over ten years. Um, <clears throat> was always passionate about archery. You know, growing up, couldn't afford really because of our family situation, couldn't afford um, a bow and to really get into it. So when I got my first um, big boy job, <laughs> bought, bought a, a Matthews bow and just which loved was it. how how old were you then? I was 21, I think. Okay. So I got into it a little later, but yeah, I shot probably every day for I think five years just because I loved it so much. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I quickly, you know, started seeing the um, deficiency in factory and custom strings. Um, I'd shoot about three months and have a cable blow up or a string blow up. Uh, and, you know, I didn't know much about how to work on my own equipment. So it'd be, you know, a three or a month one month wait for um my my bow to be repaired you know 200 mile round trip and, uh, where were you living then so then i was in new mexico um northern new mexico north of santa fe so it'd be the only the closest shop was in albuquerque oh so wow. it was 100 miles one way and yeah, I'd get my bow back after a three-week wait, or and it, it'd be Chowing longer. <laughs> or, yeah, I'd have air um, rest contact or yeah. something. And so, yeah, quickly built my own press and started working my, you know, teaching myself how to work Sweet. and tune my own bows. And still having issues with strings. Um, I found, you know, custom strings were a lot better, but... But, it, you know, the lead times were horrible, um, three weeks, and I'd get them in and something would be wrong, serving in the wrong, not all the time, but often. And being the type of person that I can challenge myself to learn how to do something new, I thought, I'll just start building my own strings. Hmm. And it kind of led from there for providing strings for friends, and then a uh, shop owner found out, and before I knew it, I was... <laughs> <laughs> and in day with orders and could hardly keep up it would take me four and a half hours per set and 10 orders a week and 
Oh, yeah, wow. I couldn't keep up, so I quickly had to upgrade my equipment to, wow. to specialty archery. They provide, they produce a really good product um, called a super server, but it's, uh, and then all pneumatic stretchers. Okay. So it reduced my, my lead time. By Obviously, one of the, in your opinion, one of the more important things is the stretch, correct? Correct, yeah. So all string material has um, creep and stretch. And what we're trying to remove is the creep. So it's the stretch that doesn't recover from a string. Um, the only way to, to remove that is to stretch it for a period of time. And generally it depends on the material, but for, you know, from an hour to up to five hours for some materials, it takes longer to, mm. to remove that creep. So when you do install your strings and tune your bow, you don't have to deal with retuning after a hundred shots. Right. So, so how do you... Unless this is a trade secret, I have no idea. But how do you stretch them like that for five hours or whatever it is, or an hour? So with my current equipment, um, it's pneumatic stretchers. So oh, okay. it's a pneumatic solenoid that applies oh. tension laterally um, gotcha. to the string. Oh, and that's cool. It's depending on your your air compressor and how much um, pressure you can produce with it. It's 350 to 400 pounds. Okay. But 400 pounds is adequate. For gotcha. For most materials, within a couple hours, you've and you do do you do that to order? Like you stretch them after you get the order, or, or do you pre-stretch all that stuff? So yeah, after I've received an order, um, I'll lay them up, let them settle, and then stretch them for gotcha. at least five hours. Huh, that's it, awesome. And I probably don't have to stretch them that long. It's just convenient because I'll lay them up late at night and then you know serve oh. them early in the morning. So sometimes it can be ten hours. But the material is so strong that I've accidentally left them stretch for a week and noticed no difference huh. in length. Um, oh, so okay. it's a very strong material. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's one thing that I was kind of impressed with or have been is I've shot custom strings forever and you still get some peep turn and you're still having a mess with you know, your can, loop yeah. and whatnot. I haven't had no problems at all for all. I've put quite a few arrows through my bow with, with your strings. But I, I just feel like because you're not like huge production as far as like you don't have thousands of strings, you probably can take a little more time per string and really pay attention to details as opposed to when it gets into mass producing. Am I right? Correct, yeah. And then, yeah, I'm small enough um, now that... I'm sole um, operator, owner, so every set goes through my hands, um, yeah. which yeah. helps quality control. You know, if I grow, um, hopefully, uh, Lord willing, I grow to where I need to um, hire a couple employees, um, I'll have to really pay attention to that that quality control to maintain it. And it's your kind kids? of where... Your kids? <laughs> <laughs> Do they help I've at all? Your family? A little bit. Yeah, my, my daughter, I've taught her to install, or not not tune, but install um, strings. So uh -huh. I'll, I'll produce the strings and have uh, um, customers' bows come in. And, and some August, July, August, I can barely keep up at times. Sure. So just having someone there to put the strings on helps um, helps so yeah. that when i get to the bow it's yeah. a quick you know quicker turnaround i have to i was super impressed uh, like with i know my and same thing with john is you had like a card made up and you know your name on there and and the arrow weight and what type of arrow and how fast and you know shot you you uh right. um bear shaft tuned them and 
You really took the time. You know, it's funny. I mean, and I know I told John this is it, when I first met you um, at the archery shop and realized, you know, I've been around you a little bit. But just watching you shoot and everything before I even, like, really met you, I could just tell you're, like, a meticulous guy. In a pos- that's in a positive way. And you're, you're a good shot, too. So I, I knew that you were you, – whatever you do – you probably are real meticulous about. So when I, when I realized it was you, I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> if he's anything like I watched your setup and your shoot and everything, I thought, yeah, he's just going to be good. And it has been really, really uh, impressed. And Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not super competitive. Um, I enjoy shooting 3D. Um, but as my day jobs i've kind of started this string business like i said 10 years ago as a side business and it's it's grown to where i think it'll sustain us um full time but uh it was always my side job and my primary occupation was um electrical engineer so i am very detail oriented it's it's i think it's carried over you know into string building and archery that's cool yeah yeah, and all your kids are they into the archery too? They are. I try not to push them too much. Yeah. Um, they I started them pr- pretty young. They had bows when they were five, six. You know, the little atomic edge was an awesome bow oh, for, yeah. <laughs> and they would fling an arrow too. Yeah. Um, but my daughter kind of fell. She struggled a little bit, and she's very competitive. Doesn't like missing a three D target, and <laughs> so she puts so much pressure on herself that I let her take a, a about a two year break. Oh. And um, now that she's older uh, and she can... That's your oldest, correct? Yeah, Yeah. she's 15. Um, She's really gotten back into archery. She's she's a really good shot. Yeah, it's it's exciting to see. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. And she enjoys it now. Not so much pressure on herself. Yeah. Yeah. And your wife, did she shoot? She did for a while, um, but it ended up giving her bow away <laughs> to my niece. So. Out of frustration? <laughs> no, um, my niece wanted a bow really bad, and I had it. I was visiting uh, my sister in Texas, and I said, well, I'll give you my wife's bow. <laughs> so out of convenience, and she, my wife wasn't too disappointed, so she yeah. didn't shoot, wasn't, you know, didn't shoot all that much, and it didn't hurt her feelings too bad. So. Right. That's funny. <laughs> but, Your turnaround time for the most part is, is uh, right within now, a week? It's, yeah, less than a week. Even yeah. during the busy time, at, at most, it's seven, eight days in yeah. July and August. But typically, I try to keep it around three three to four days. That's pretty yeah. good. I mean, that's I know you. Yeah. most shops you call and say how far the string's out. and I mean... There's one shop that uh, they'd have a chart of what brand and then how many weeks it's out. And I mean, some of them are like five weeks out or whatever. And, wow. and, yeah, and then if you have a problem, you know, I, I think I remember one, the, the thing I remember about custom strings, especially when they started serving where uh, it hits the uh, the dampener bar. Right. You know, a lot of times those would be off when I was working at the archery shop. And so sometimes we'd have to put other serving on there or whatever because right. um, uh, because it just was off. But I think probably the specs are a lot better now than they were. Right. You know. Yeah, there's so many new archers every year I hear about the draw results and there's 
um, thousands of new applicants that are putting in, and and so the demand just goes up. And the longer people wait, the you know the more influx of orders um, string builders are going to have closer to the season. So it's I'm not surprised that there's people that have to go without their string, you know, go hunt on with old strings or yeah. or buying a new bow because they can't replace the strings on the current bow. Yeah. So it's good to get your orders in early oh, before. Yeah. I recommend before July yeah. at least or by <laughs> July 1st. Uh, uh, yeah, other things like I've seen guys. So I'm going to I'm going to send my boots in to get fixed or whatever. I'm that guy. I'm that <laughs> guy. I went through a whole archery season with backup boots and it's the worst thing I ever did. And I got home from my hunt and my boots were here. But really? Late. Yeah. My feet paid the price. <laughs> I usually I won't cause, do that again. Because I, I typically go to Arizona in January. So like from that January till March-ish, you know, I know that I'm not going to be doing maybe any 3D shoots or much hunting or whatever. And so I'll send my stuff off my boots or optics or whatever mm -hmm. I need, you know. That's, to me, a good time because people wait till springtime, a lot of times even, you know, to, I'm thinking like boots. It's, those take months. Uh, yeah, times. mine was like 10, well, I sent them in and they sent me about two weeks later, maybe even three weeks later, then they said, yeah, we'll have those ready for you in about 10 weeks. <laughs> It's already been three weeks. Oh, like, oh you're killing me. Yeah. Whatever. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, strings is another thing. I mean, you want to get them, not wait till the last minute and right. uh, blow the dust off your bow. And I understand it. Life gets in the way, and, yeah. you know, especially with kids and sports. And, and uh, before you know it, August is here, and yeah. hunting season's around the corner. And, but. Do you recommend, like... Uh, changing your strings like every other week so you get a lot of business every other week <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've always been yeah. said you know at least every other year even whether they need it or not right at and least yeah i would say at least um once every other yeah every other year um and it kind of depends on how much you shoot if you mm, only shoot true. a couple months out of the year your strings could last three or four how you years. Uh, store your bow too i mean if it's Correct. in the garage or the heat and cold you know fluctuating that obviously Correct, makes a yeah. difference too and in your vehicle, cases cause a lot of wear on yeah. strings, just mm. the constant rubbing, and, and it'll make oh, them yeah. fray pretty quickly. And it's and, mostly and cosmetic, heat. but yeah, oh, heat yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, back years ago, I've heard stories, many stories of bows like melting, windows rolled up, 100 degrees out, they leave it in there, and, mm. and yeah. yeah. So I know it's bad on strings, too. Right. Yeah, it'll uh, get hot enough that the wax will um, soften and because of the tension on the strings it'll it'll seep out of the strings and oh um, it'll make them dry out quicker and hmm. fray quicker huh what am i i remember a, a custom string that i had made they didn't serve the loop and it was just strange you know right and i'm laying in my antelope blind and it's august it's hot and you're kind of bored sometimes and I look over, and where it's uh, on the cam, I could see like five strands is all that's left. Mm. And I'm like, do I take a chance and shoot or not? You know, I opted not to just because 
31 bullet. Because you didn't see an antelope. <laughs> well, that probably that probably helped too because I wasn't seeing a lot. But uh, yeah, I yeah that part stunk. But now everything's pretty much served. And yeah, I don't know why that happens with unserved loops. But just the other day, I was setting up a bow, um, an older bow. Uh, as a bow fishing bow, uh -huh. and it didn't have sort of loops. It's one that I haven't built strings for yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was only like three, three or four strands holding the string on. Wow. Uh, on the yeah post. And maybe it'll hold. Maybe I could have shot, but I just wasn't gonna take a chance. Right. No, if you've ever had a string blow up, it's it's. Not I never have. Fun. I have several times really yeah, mostly cables bus cables ah. um i was shooting i won't mention the string but when i first started not yours <laughs> no <laughs> before i started building strings yeah um yeah it's was like it a, a custom string too going off and no they were factory strings oh. but yeah it's it's it kind of puts you in shock you know i've heard of what it happened been it shoots and like you said it sounded like a firecracker going off right. oh like like a dry fire Right. Exactly. You know what? I take that back. I do. It, it was years ago, and I did have. I was shooting fingers, and I had a string break, and I, I, I don't know if I was more impressed about not getting hurt, but I hit the bullseye. I couldn't uh, believe that. That's funny. It, it was like forty-five yard shot, and and the string broke. I hit the bullseye, and then I, I remember looking down at my bow, and I mean, it was, yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, there's a lot of energy, um, and people forget that. Yeah. When a string breaks or you accidentally dry fry your bow, all that energy is yep. going to the cams and limbs, and oh, yeah. it causes you know failure in components. <laughs> yeah. Seems like more of the bow companies are, are trying to do a little better with their strings than they used to, because it used to be, I mean, there was some companies out there, I wouldn't even really even shoot them. Right. Because I was, because there's so many horror stories, and right. when they're making them in house, but yeah, yeah they're. I, I can't speak for manufacturers, but um, I imagine they're trying to produce the the as many bows as they possibly sure. can, and they're not going to spend as much time as a custom string maker will on on strings. Mm -hmm. um, so, it's you know it's. <laughs> It's um, common that, that you would have issues with, with factory strings. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Is there any uh, things that, any anything about your strings you think that maybe sets you a little bit above? So, yeah, like I had mentioned, the quality control, every every set's going through my hands, so I'm really paying attention to, to lengths to make sure, sure they're correct. And that's one of the compliments I get from shops and um, just purchasers is that they typically get a set in they put them on and they rarely have to even add a twist to a cable there mm -hmm. because everything is to the exact exact length and mm -hmm. to spec um that maybe they'll have to add a, tw a half twist to a cable and it's in time um but also just the materials i use i won't skimp so i um buy i i produce um my strings with the the best materials um so halo end serving um halo loop serving okay. and um of course bcy materials are so great right now x99 and 452x are some of the best materials they've ever been mm -hmm. um but i try not to use 3d serving 
It's a good serving. It's larger diameter, but it will cause serving separation. Um, it okay. doesn't hold as well as Halo, um, but it costs more. So, it's, um, you know, I the don't Halo. make as much with yeah. Halo as I possibly could using cheaper serving. Yeah. I want to pr produce the best product possible, so mm -hmm. I'll not skimp. And That's good, though. Yeah. I mean, you want to do it right and, right and not have to people coming back saying something happened and right. i mean it's gonna happen sometimes i would guess you make enough streams but yeah we're human i mean we, we make mistakes but yeah. yeah and i've over the years have developed a, a process in my serving that i think has really um, eliminated serving separation on most bows there's a few bows that are very um severe cammed and you're gonna have issues but I've, you know, with my process, I've been able to eliminate most all serving separation. So <laughs> longevity is important with strings. And it, sure. Yeah. They won't wear out as fast. Did you, you live in New Mexico? Did you get a chance to hunt much there then? Because oh, you're yeah, from here originally, right? Right, yeah. Or I grew this area. up um, here in Idaho from uh, through, through my teen years. Um, moved away when I was 23. Um, but yeah, New Mexico, of course, hunted. Where I lived, I could drive 15 minutes from my house and huh. be hunting bear, deer, elk. So oh, it was wow. an awesome opportunity. And then diversity of New Mexico, too, with oryx and ibex and yeah. barbary sheep. And Did you get to hunt any yeah. of those? I did, um, barbary sheep and oryx. I never drew an ibex tag. Huh. but Did you hunt with oryx with your bow? I didn't. Um, they're such tough animals, they are, yeah. and you, you yeah. have to hit them in the right spot, otherwise yeah. you're going to be tracking. And I always wanted to. I just hadn't had the opportunity yet. Um, drew it, drew that Oryx tag so few times that Yeah, I didn't want to mess it up. And yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was hunting Did you like Oryx with a rifle. Oh, it's yeah, it's amazing. I, yeah, I actually had a chance to guide a couple hunts down there on the White Sands. And, right. And it was like a, a lot of the hunters, because they flew out, they could take just a, a little portion of the meat, you know, weight-wise, right. and it'd be like not a fight. But, I mean, everyone would be like, <laughs> oh, what's up, what's up? You know, we divvy it up. But, yeah, it was... Yeah, that was amazing how good that was. Yeah, it's kind of lighter color, yeah. which is surprising, but it's very yeah. mild tasting. Not, yeah. Hmm. I've shot some older bulls, and they were never gamey. They're really? Maybe a little tough, but never yeah. gamey. Yeah. yeah. Huh. How about barber's sheep? Did I did. Um, hunted barber's sheep a couple of times. Very rough country, hard to hunt. Yeah. Um, Going to put in some miles and a lot of a lot of spotting. Yeah. Um, but... They're a neat animal. Yeah, they are super Very cool. good eyesight, hard to get close to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. Even the oryx, I couldn't believe how good their eyesight. I mean, right. they're like a plains animal, but I always said you're either looking at their ass or their face, right. one of the two, because they, yeah, they're pretty awesome. <laughs> but any memorable, you got any memorable hunts? Yeah. Um, yeah, so early on, um, I had a friend, colleague that I worked with, and he wanted to, to bear hunt. And so oh. we drove, and his particular unit was kind of really close to where we lived. A draw, that's a draw unit? It was an over-the-counter, actually. Oh, okay. Um, and it, there's, in the area, there's, it's deep canyons, really thick cover, but trails everywhere, so people... 
um, hikers used it. Um, so the, the possibility of seeing a bear was pretty low. And we, um, I think maybe it was 20 miles from our house, mm-hmm. got into an area um, hunting bear and hiked all day. Saw some sign, but um, never, you know, didn't see a bear or even thought we were close to a bear. And I think we were three and a half miles from the four-wheeler and decided to split up. And he took the the top of the ridge back. I dropped down into the canyon. And after, I think, a mile, we had had walked after we split up. And look up the hill, and I see something black running down straight at me. And I thought, what is a black lab doing out here? But I knew (laughs) people hiked there all the time. So... (laughs) And as it got closer, I quickly realized it was a bear and it was coming directly. I was directly in its path and I pulled the pistol out, racked around in when it was 15 yards from me and settled it on its chest and thought this bear was charging me. It was coming right at me. It was charging you? I thought at the time. Okay. So I fired and hit perfect and in three seconds it ran down the hill the rest of the way to me and i had enough time to fire off two more rounds just kind of grazing it and it died two feet from me oh my wow i didn't have time to really think about what had just happened i just reacted oh man and then yeah after the the moment was over it hit me and i started trembling and shaking wow you know i had just charged within a foot of me and Walking back to the truck, I or to the four wheeler, I realized I think what had happened was after we had split up, um, my friend was up on the ridge walking through um, oak and honey locust and probably busted him out, and I was just happened to be directly mm-hmm. in its path, um, and yeah, made it back to the four wheeler and took some convincing twenty minutes or so of. To my friend that I had actually killed a bear, he didn't believe me. There's no bear. In <laughs> I've heard it. How big was the bear? It wasn't huge. Maybe a 250-pound bear. It's big it's enough. Big. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want enough. to tackle a 100-pound bear. No I kidding. mean, those things, uh, claws and everything they have. Well, they are so fast, too. I had shot one with my bow one time from the ground, and it started running at me, and I, was, and I actually have this on film, but I jumped behind a tree, because there's no way you're shooting a bow again. Yeah. They're that close. I think when I shot him, he's like 25 yards away or something. And I don't know if he saw me move or he just changed paths. But when, when I jumped behind the tree, he changed angles and then jumped down and went down in a creek bottom and died. But it makes you realize there is no way you're going to do anything to get away from that bear. No. Man, they are so fast. They are yeah. so fast, yeah. And I remember the very first bear I shot that was by myself. It was maybe 140 pounds or something like that. But lifting it up, you know, and, and those, it, and it just so happened that the way I lifted up, I remember one of the, the, the front leg, it was kind of stiff by then, but it just went on my shoulder and feeling those claws and their mus- muscles mm. that they have, even a smaller one like that, I'm thinking, man, you wouldn't want to tangle with. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Let alone a real big one. So... Yeah. yeah. After bear hunting a few times, I quickly learned that um, when they feel pain, they're going to go in the direction they're looking. Oh, no matter what. That's yeah. true. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that definitely is true. Uh, have you shot, got a chance to shoot a few bears in? 
I have, yeah. Um, killed another bear out of a tree stand. I hunted him for about a month. It was kind of uh, a little bull that fed up out of a, a drainage, and there were raspberry bushes and, and oak down in the bottom and a small spring. So I set up a camera and would see him every afternoon come through through the little drainage. And it took me a month of getting the wind right and sitting in the stand, not all day, but afternoons after work, I would mm -hmm. race up there and sit in the stand. And the night I killed him, um, everything was just perfect. The wind stopped, mm -hmm. um, changed directions, and he came in, stopped at 15 yards and nice. shot him. Yeah. I, I think because the anticipation of hunting a month <clears throat> and yeah. just wanting to connect with the bear with my bow, yeah, um, I was overwhelmed after the shot. It was I, I heard those stories where you get the shakes, yeah, and it's almost like you're cold and you can't stop shivering. Yeah, I had to grab onto the the tree in the stand and hold on so I didn't fall off. Right, <laughs> it was, that's it was cool. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I've I've always said when I and I usually get really. Ex excited or wound up whatever after the shot i'd rather keep it together during the shot and do it that way and then but right that's part of i guess the adrenaline rush or whatever if you will i mean there's always going to be that adrenaline going through your body but just controlling it right so yeah hmm. so you sense you have moved your operations you're back here in southern idaho correct yeah yeah so um what spurred that um, with COVID and everything, we've always wanted to, to move back to Idaho. We have family here with property and just always wanted to come home. Um, with our kids being older, I'm really close to my sister and my in-laws. So, Which John happened to work with your sister. For right? years. Yeah. <laughs> years and years. Have a small world. Right. right. Yeah. And you're happy to be back now. We are, yeah. Building a, a house on... Um, some homestead property that my family has oh it's homestead property oh cool right. cool yeah. yeah it's exciting is that going to cut in your hunting this fall it probably will a little bit <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but you get still get a lot days. of work from new mexico because were you doing new mexico shops there was a bunch of shops over there i was i serviced four shops there and, and then being there so long you know, word spread and people knew who I was. Yeah. So mm -hmm. A lot of my orders still come from New Mexico through the website or. Nice. Um, yeah. And do you have a, do you have a Facebook page too? I do. Yes. I'm not very good at upkeeping it, but <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. What's the best way people get a hold of you? Um, phone, Facebook message, or just directly through my website, which is tfastrings.com. Okay. Yeah. Is it the same on Facebook, TFA? Or it is, G yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely keep pushing you. I know I've tried to send everybody I can to you. Thank you. Yeah, well. I appreciate it. Appreciate the quality, too. Absolutely. Thanks. And your business is, seems like it's growing pretty good. The Idaho side of it now too as well right it has it yes um about half my orders have been coming from idaho really and oh, i haven't awesome. had as much time as i would have liked to put into advertising and going to shoots just because of the situation where i'm building a house and yeah um, but yeah it's it's uh, over you know met my expectations good, good. Yeah, that's awesome that's good yeah well cool well, we appreciate you coming by. I know you got to get going. You've got an inspector coming at your house, but...
appreciate you cutting some time out for us. No you problem. Know, Thank you. Keep trying to get together. So, <laughs> right. all right, Josh. Well, we'll good good luck this fall to you. Thank and you. We'll keep Thank sending you. business. Continued. Yeah, yeah. Luck on growing that business. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. We love them for sure. Yeah. Awesome. So, all right, buddy. What okay. do you think? I think we're good. Wrapping another one up. Yes, sir. You talking soon enough, huh? Yes, sir. Cool. We'll do it. Appreciate you guys subscribing Thanks, guys. and liking.